0: Hey guys, this is Barbie and thank you so much for listening to my podcast today and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Today we're gonna be talking about two very important things that have to do with American history. Um they are the abolitionist movement and transcendentalism. If you are not sure about the two things, don't you worry because I will inform you on both of those things and get you on the right track to understand what you know what's going to be going on in this podcast so stay tuned and yeah so getting right into it first thing we're going to talk about is the abolitionist movement Okay, so let's just get right into it. American history still affects us today on many levels. It could be racial discrimination, religious discrimination, or anything, really, because the history behind all of it still impacts us today. But we still do try to break out of these social norms because our generation has been given this voice and we have learn to use our platforms and be able to show that we can break out of these social norms so let me just get into depth about what this podcast will be about today so what we're talking about today is the commonalities between the abolitionist movement and transcendentalism Again, if you aren't aware of these historical movements, don't worry. who will get you into it and provide the knowledge needed to understand the conversation. Okay, so starting with the abolitionist movement, my first interview. But right before I get into that, the first person I'm interviewing today is our fellow librarian, the lovely Miss Lee. Frederick Douglass and what he's known for. Frederick I can't talk. Frederick Douglass was involved in the movement to the spider. So Frederick Douglass, history is great with a famous abolitionist who is very much known for his great escape from slavery. He became an abolitionist and started to spread the word about slavery and show how wrong it is and inhumane it is. From Frederick Douglass' passage, Wed to the Slave is the 4th of July, Frederick Douglass talks about how his experience as a slave is and how fourth of july and how what it means to him so in this passage he has this quote which says the fellow citizens this murderous traffic is today an active operation in this busted republic i see the bleeding footsteps on the way to the slave markets where the victims are to be sold like horses sheep and swine My soul sickens at the sight, still more inhumane, disgraceful, and scandalous state if things remain to be presented. He's, in this quote, comparing humans to animals, which also goes back to how he was saying how inhumane and wrong slavery is. So now moving on to question number two. What do you think of the message he sends? Frederick Douglass? Yes. It was a great message because there should never be any slavery in my mind. I love that answer. The message Frederick Douglass was wanting to send primarily speaks about how Fourth of July applies to the quote-unquote American slave. Douglass' What to the Slave is the Fourth of July is a very lengthy one. He says, What to the American Slave is your Fourth of July? I answer, A day that reveals to him more than all other days in the year, the gross injustice and cruelty to which he is the constant victim. To your celebration is a sham. Your boasted liberty and unholy license your national great list, swelling vanity your sounds of rejoicing are empty and heartless your denunciations of tyrants brass-fronted impudence your sounds of liberty and equality hollow mockery your prayers and hymns your sermons and thanksgivings with all your religious praise and solemnity are to him mere bombast, fraud deception and piety, hypocrisy a thin veil to cover up crimes which would disgrace a nation of savages. There is not a nation on earth guilty of practices more shocking and bloody than are the people of the United States at this very hour. This lengthy quote sends a really powerful message regarding American 4th of July tradition. We can move on to question number three. Do you agree with Frederick Douglass' views? I do. Why? Because he was talking about, you know, what was intended by God and that, mm-hmm. you know, if you can't, he had one quote about free speech, mm-hmm. you're, you're not mm-hmm. only hurting the person who's speaking, you're also hurting the person who's listening. but during the time, not many people were accepting of his views. From the same passage, What to the Slave is the 4th of July, he says this quote, I take this law to be one of the grossest infringements of the Christian liberty, and if the churches and ministers of our countries were not stupidly blind or most wickedly indifferent, they too would so regard it. This quote-unquote law has to have been one of the grossest, and I also agree with what he has to say about all of it. to question number four have you ever heard of transcendentalism? Yes, just the other day someone else came and talked to me. <laughs> oh about really? That. And I told her that John Denver, who was a singer, a right. pop singer, folk singer back in the 70s, um, he was into that like, meditation and everything and being peaceful. And she said, were you aware that a lot of abolitionists were transcendentalists? And I said, well, that would make sense because they both believe in peace. Yes. Then that brings me to the last person I'm interviewing today, which is my own sister. The question I'm asking today is, do you see Frederick Douglass... As having transcendentalism in his views since transcendentalism was around during the time of the abolitionist movement it would make sense for frederick Douglass to have been inspired by transcendentalists is actually a major literary movement that started in 1836 and ended in 1860. It's a big part of American literature, and it is all made up of five things, which is nonconformity, spirituality, intuition, respect for nature, and self-reliance, which we will go more into depth about in just a moment. Transcendentalism consists of five things, which are self-reliance, non-conformity, spirituality, intuition, and respect for nature. So let's break those down. Self-reliance means you are self-sufficient and you rely on yourself and not others. Non-conformity. Non-conformity is breaking out of social norms. Spirituality. Spirituality means that God is within rather than outside. Intuition. Intuition means that humans have morals naturally, basically naturally knowing what to do. Respect for nature. Respect for nature is humans have traits that are reflected into nature, basically taking their respect as they have for humans and putting it towards the nature as well. I just went over the five things that make up transcendentalism but what if you need a little more knowledge on what they really are well don't worry because I have some information to inform you so we're going to go a little more deeper into the five things that make up transcendentalism okay back to self-reliance self-reliance basically means you are independent You you don't need to rely on anyone but yourself you're just you and that's all you need Nonconformity says that you finally accept who you truly are and start to become yourself and not worry about what society has to say, which is pretty much all the time which me as well as many other people encourage everybody to do is break out of social norms. another thing that makes up transcendentalism is spirituality spirituality is actually pretty straightforward instead of the thought of a god you feel it more than a thought you believe it and you are faithful intuition intuition means that as humans we still know what's right and wrong when we see it so it's just natural morals Lastly, the last one is respect for nature. Respect for nature is taking what you feel and see towards humans and reflecting it onto nature. Some who aren't fully aware of the Transcendentalism movement and the Abolitionist movement may not say that there's a similarity between the two. Because, it, because it's obvious by the title, they are nowhere near the same genre, so that makes you wonder, do they actually correspond to each other or do they actually contradict each other? In their views of contradicting, during the abolitionist movement, they used spirituality as an argument. They weren't accepting of many religions or most things that didn't have ties to white Americans. Because of all this commotion, they eventually were led to war, which is known today as the Civil War. Although, as far as the correspondence between the two, they both advocated for peace and unity. Both trying to find freedom and to be free mentally and physically, their goal was also just to learn how to have good judgment towards the world. Their intent was mainly just to spread peace and positivity. Most important parts of the subject. Now it's finally time to answer the question Does the abolitionist movement correspond with or contradict transcendentalism, especially in terms of self reliance and governing? In the terms of self reliance, we should follow our own instincts and ideas if and when you are independent. In the terms of Transcendentalism, Transcendentalists criticized government. So did Douglass. Organized religions, laws, social institutions, and creeping industrializations. So, to answer the question, in terms of self-reliance and governing, the abolitionist movement corresponds more than it contradicts with Transcendentalism. like so that concludes my podcast for today thank you so much for listening um i had a lot of fun making it and i hope you learned a lot from listening about what i had to say about the abolitionist movement and the trades movement. and i really hope you enjoyed it just as much as i did making it anyways thank you again and thanks so much for listening